Amen. Turn to somebody tonight. Just tell them God loves them before you're seated this evening. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. a little bit so I could get my microphone on so if you will take your Bibles and uh, let's go to we're gonna go to Revelation the fourth chapter we'll get there in just a few moments Revelation the fourth chapter as you're turning there I want to say thank you once again to all those that helped yesterday with the uh, North Texas Food Bank uh, we could not do it without you you guys get out there and did a fantastic job and I just want to from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, also, I'll be in prayer. We'll be hosting the Mexican Consulate next week. Already got 700 appointments made. To, thanks to Pastor Angel and his team. And thank all of you that have been helping with that. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but last time we hosted, uh, Pastor Angel went through the line and led 25 people to the Lord. Praise God. So we just thank God, because that's what it's about. It's about furthering the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. Now let's look here, um, as we look to the, uh, before we go to the word of the Lord, I'll just say the announcements for the end. You guys just hang tight. I'll just leave you in suspense on all the announcements. Let's, uh, let's look here in Revelations 4, and as you're turning there, I just want to go to the Lord once more in prayer. Father, we love you. We magnify your name. And Lord, I, I just believe that you're the name, that you have a name that's above every name. And then, Lord, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord and Savior and King of all. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, every distraction, Lord God, is bound right now in Jesus' name. Every single one in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we pray that there will be a liberty, Lord, that is released upon your children tonight. I pray for the anointing. I pray, Father God, knowing that, Lord, as we have the ability and the authority to bring our thoughts under subjection, Lord, we have the ability and the authority to bring every other distraction under subjection tonight. And we thank you for it. Amen? Amen. As you look to the Word of God, I, we are discovering, and, and about the time I think I'm going to close this series and go to another one, the, the Lord opens it up in a, in a whole new light. So... We've been discovering that Jesus has vanquished the alienated mind and he's empowered us for what I call the aligned mind, that my thoughts are aligned with Christ. We are conquering this negative self-talk. This, we know we have it. We know that there is meditation, there is a conversation. It's not any other one speaking to us but ourselves. But that talk, that self-talk that, that is in our deep subconscious that, that is brought about by our, our beliefs and our experiences. And we want to take that self-talk and make sure it's spirit talk. Amen? Self-sabotaging has to stop. 
it's, it's got to cease you there's too much in store for you there's too many promises waiting your arrival they're already there they're just waiting on you to get there they're, they're already in existence they just need you to keep on the journey and continue moving forward so you'll discover what it is that God has in store there's too many promises for this sabotage self-sabotaging self-sabotage hurts everyone not just me it hurts everybody around me self-sabotaging is not going to work to my victory amen it's just not going to cause any victory we are subjugating every wrong thought and bringing it into captivity in the obedience of Christ let me just read our key scripture that we've been drawing from casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and I love how the passion translation says this we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow to the obedience to the anointed one amen don't you like that but tonight I want to I'm gonna look at it a little little bit different a little bit different in fact, as a minister of the gospel, equipping the saints for the work of ministry, I want to be sure that I pack your toolbox with as many tools as I can get in there. Now, the, the message on pulling the, in the bag where you pull the rocks out of the bag, that might not have spoken to you. You know, there's a other, or it may have. There's some folks that came in here Sunday morning, and what did they have? They had some rocks carrying in their purse and in their hand. So if you didn't hear that message, go back and listen. You'll understand what, what, that, what that represents. But as, as we look to the Word of God, one message may speak to one person one way or one situation and another message another way. So I'm hoping tonight that we can capture once again our, our thoughts and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into victory. If with that said, I'm going to read uh, chapter 4 of Revelation. I want to read it all because I just like it. Is that all right? Uh, it's just uh, it's just a good uh, we'll see some things in here after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the voice in the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here and I will show you things that you must that must take place after this Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one set on the throne He who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance And there was a rainbow all around the throne in appearance like an emerald Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads and from the throne proceeding lightning and thunder and voices, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne. Around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and the back. And the first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. And the third, like a living creature, had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. 
The four living creatures, each having six wings, full of eyes around and within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whatever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sat on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory, the honor, and the power for you created all things, and by, you, and by your will they exist and were created. They cast their crowns. They cast their crowns. We're going to get headlong in that in just a moment, but I wonder what I want you to see, just that first verse, and I'm not going to try to expound on, on any other, but on that first verse we see there's a door in heaven that has been opened that tells us we have access to heavenly realm Jesus is the door so often the enemy wants to convince you that heaven is closed off it's like brass and you can't you, you, there's no interaction between uh, you and the Lord but Jesus is the door and he opened the door for you and I there is access to heaven that we have discovered but more than that I want you to notice what he also says here he says come up here there's not only access to heaven, but there's an invitation. Come on up here. How many know that when you find yourself in a, in a low place in your experience or your walk, you need only look up? Just look up because your redemption draws nigh. Just look up right there where you're at, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. Just take a moment and, and, and go from this posture to this posture. Instead of going with your, with your shoulders down and your head held low, just turn it upward and start looking. When your thoughts get a hold of your mind and start gripping you and telling you that you can't make it and that there's nowhere else to go and nothing else to have and nothing else to, you, you've lost it all, there's nothing left to lose, that's when you begin to look up and you say, oh Lord, I see you, Lord God, and the door's open and there's an invitation for me right now to Lord God to come up. Then he says, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you things that you don't know. Uh, Hope was telling me before church, it was a, it, it's been a week or two now. There's a box of things that she needed to find, and she couldn't find it. She just said, Lord, I've got to have this. You know I've got to have it. Show me where it's at. Open the door, and lo and behold, there it is. Andrew worked as a housing authority uh, officer or, or worked as a housing authority administrator at one time in her professional career and was being audited and she was new to the workplace and she said it was comical because she went in there and the, the gentleman would ask for these forms and all of this information and she would walk in there not even knowing where they were at and just say Holy Spirit where is it and he would show her immediately where it was at in this file cabinet on that binder on that folder she said it happened so many times it was laughable when she walked out she come home telling me after meeting with this auditor that auditor said how long you been in this job three months six months he said I've, I've walked into offices where people have been there for decades and we're not this knowledgeable how'd you do this the Holy Ghost just letting you know 
But I believe, folks, that there is not only access, there's an invitation, but there's also revelation. I will show you. I will show you. I believe that our Father in heaven is anxiously wanting to share his mysteries, his revelation, the unknown things to his church. They're just looking for somebody that will posture themselves and say, Lord, I see you, I believe you, and I'm going after you. Amen? I know that was a message in itself, but let's, let's move along here. I want you to see, as there are 24 elders, these 24 elders are gathered around. They have the throne, they're gathered around the throne of God. Some speculation is that they're angels. I personally don't believe that. I believe they are human beings because they're dressed in white and they're descriptive of that. I believe that they hold and not any one person I've read could tell you exactly who they are. We'll find out when we get there. Isn't it going to be exciting? All that we just read, we're going to see. Think about it a minute. All that that we just, we just looked at, we're going to experience, we're going to hear that thunderous, thunderous cries of the holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, the God that is and was and is to. We're going to hear that as the, as the, as the elders and the angelic host are worshiping and that thundering. And, and I don't know, I don't think it's going to be a whisper. I, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be loud enough you can hear it, and all of eternity can hear it. But what I see here is that those individuals that were there took their crowns and they cast them, as most translations read. Another translation reads this way: they surrendered their crown now crowns can have a representation of of honor you can Old Testament study we see that that there are there are honor that is due a a wife is an honor to her husband children are an honor to their to their to their family we see in the New Testament how that Paul described that that perishable crown, which was just a, a wreath made out of uh, some garland after the gladiator fight, they would put that. The only thing they won was uh, this perishable crown after the defeat of the enemy, which was a death challenge. And all they received was this perishable crown. But he said, oh, there's a crown laid up for us. He said, it's an eternal crown. So that crown can represent not only honor but it does also represent our inheritance our our prize our completion but we see here that there are thrones around the throne of god so those wearing the throne the the, the crowns on those thrones indicates authority authority i want you to keep that in your mind authority surrendering my authority to the Lord and whenever I surrender my thoughts to the Lord in order to bring my thoughts into subjection submission captivate them as prisoners of war it comes with a surrender to the authority of God now as we look here we see that Jesus settled 
the hostility between us and the Father by conquering our alienated mind, giving us the authority to subjugate every thought and render it subservient to the Lord. He delivered us from an alienated mind, and he has blessed us. He has blessed us with the aligned mind. See, that alienated mind we were subject to as long as we lived outside of covenant. But when you come into covenant, now we belong to the Lord, and the Lord belongs to us. Now, when we said our marriage vows, Andrea said, what's yours is yours, and what's mine is mine. Jokingly. She just said, I said, what, baby? She said, trust and obey, for there's no other way. <laughs> now, what I want you to see is this. What Jesus accomplished, he accomplished this for us. By, by taking care of the hostility between man and God. God the Father sent God the Son into the world to take care of the hostility between God and the Father. The hostility was not on the Father's side. The hostility was on man's side. I know I've said this repeatedly in a few services now, but we've got to get this in our spirit. We've got to get it in our knower. We've got to know that God is not angry with man. The hostility between God and man was taken care of in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, man was made perfectly innocent. God's design, God's desire, perfectly innocent. But in order for you and I to have victory over self and to live with the aligned mind, Jesus had to become what he was not so that I could become what I was not. Jesus had to become what he wasn't so that I could become what I wasn't. So Jesus became sin so that I might be righteous. Jesus suffered death that I, that we may live the life. Jesus bore our rejection that we might be accepted. He faced our fear that we may have assurance. He was bound that we may be free. He was broken so that we may be healed. He was tormented so that we may have peace for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him and Isaiah says surely he has borne our grief carried our sorrow yet we esteemed him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed now why is it important that we know this when I begin to understand the pains that he suffered 
in order to bring me into alignment with him. Only as I begin to look, and there's no other deity in the man's imagination that originated from the bowels of hell, we call idolatry, false image bearers. None other did the deity come and make his own sacrifice to bring the followers into covenant relationship. You can study world's history and you will this world religion and you will discover there's no other message like the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. So what does that tell you and I? It tells you and I that God values us. In fact, he values us so immensely that he gave himself in order to bring us back into relationship with him. Now I want us to go back and look, and we're going somewhere with this, just, just laying the groundwork tonight. Let's go back to the garden and let's look for just a minute. As we said, man was created perfectly innocent, but in his innocence he was given a choice. Life or death. Life or death. We know as we live in this world understanding that he chose death. He chose to live, the, the, the choice he made was, I want to be like God. But instead, we got, God is like me. What man got was the alienated self-talk. What he got was this, what follows alienated self-talk. And this is where we come bringing it home. This all originated in the garden with an alienated mind. The self-sabotaging started way back then. What happened because of the choice that Adam made? Now all of a sudden there is a there is a backlash of these things that we call these awful things we call emotions. Think about it. Think about it just a minute. What happened to Adam and Eve whenever they sinned against the known will of God? And they partook of the fruit, and they, they now held this, this fruit in their hand, and they partook of that. And because of that, now the alienation began to take place, and immediately grief and sorrow and regret and fear and anxiety began to grip their hearts. That you and I are born into this world where we see this happening over and over and over again. That when we come into the kingdom of God, what I'm dealing with, uh, when, when I am dealing with emotions as a child of God, I can have one of four responses. When I'm dealing with emotions, whatever that emotion may be, I have one of four choices. Number one, I can blame somebody else. You've never blamed anybody else for your... You certainly never blamed the devil. You didn't blame your big sister, your little brother. You didn't blame anybody for the reason why you felt the way you felt. See, because when we make choices, thinking that, man, we're going to... This is going to be good, and, and it's going to... it's. We're gonna, it's, everything's going to work out and then all of a sudden wait a minute this didn't work out and this didn't do what it's supposed to do and I'm not getting what, I'm, what I thought I was going to get what do I do i got to blame somebody I can run from those emotions anybody ever ran from emotion 
many of you know that those emotions are fast? My favorite cartoons growing up was Speedy Gonzalez. That's where your emotions are. You think you're going to outrun them. I'm going to get some distance between me and that, and, and that, and that motion, that fear, that, that failure. That I, I'm, going to, I'm, going to try, I'm going to outrun this sucker. And you find out that doesn't work. Because those emotions always catch up to you. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide. I love playing hide-and-go-seek with my grandkids. My granddaughter has one hiding spot. I catch her there every time. Every single time. She runs and right straight under the, the kitchen table. And she's just there. Now, my two-year-old granddaughter, she always wants to play hide-and-go-seek. So I said, all right, run. fee fi fo fum I smell the blood of a violet son. Run! Oh, Pops, pick me up. Let's go find Nora. <laughs> Every time. But let me tell you, just like I find her every time, your emotions will find you every time. So you can blame somebody else for it and find that doesn't work. You can run from those emotions and find that doesn't work. You can hide from those emotions and still you will discover it does not work. And some of you have tried to mastermind over the uh, even decades uh, trying to cover up uh, that hurt, that pain, that shame, that remorse, that regret. You keep covering it up, covering it up, covering it up. And woe and behold, you think you got it mastered and conquered uh, and it wiggles its little slippery self out and there it is all over again. Or, as a covenant child of God, you have a fourth choice. And that is to bring that emotion into the light of God's Word and make it subject to His Lordship. Now, understand this. Emotions are not your enemy. Emotions are God's grace to bring you back to Him. I'm not giving you a license to continue running or hiding or blaming. What I'm telling you, when you get to the end of all that, you'll come to discover, wait a minute, I can't outrun it, I can't hide from it, and it's not anybody else's fault I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. This is not helping me. Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to take this crown of authority that's set upon my head and my mind. I want to take this, 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 crap, this thought, these authorities, and I, I, I want to take them now, Lord, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender them to you. I, I, I want to I say, Lord, I'm not going to run from this thing anymore. 
I'm not going to hide from this thing anymore. I'm not going to blame anyone else anymore for this. But Lord, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to surrender it to you. We're going to get it out in the open. And we're not going to be afraid of it. We're not going to run from it. We're just going to say, Lord, what do you want to do with it? See, when it comes to the alienated mind, the alienated mind, it goes back to the garden experience. To be as God. To be as God. I had this conversation with someone last week that I met with leader in leadership meeting that I'd gone to and he was going through a very very difficult time it was fresh on his heart wasn't a wasn't a sin issue it was a it was a, a an adoption issue that a, a journey that he started out with his with with his with his spouse and it was a five year and it was a, a, an adoption that fell through and it just crushed him. And he felt so disappointed. He said to me, Mike, he said, I feel like a failure. I just feel like a, a failure because I, I thought I could take care of this, of this child. And only to find out, it just we just emotionally, physically could not do it. He said, I feel like a failure. I turned to him and I said, brother, I'm not going to tell you a thing. I said, let me tell you greatest revelation I ever came to where God revealed something to me that I did not know I thought I knew but it's something else when he opens it up and he shows you and I say this and, and, and people look at me cross-eyed sometimes because they're like <clears throat> I don't know if they're looking at me cross-eyed because they think I'm an idiot or they think I really thought that I was this is revelation when I was going through an extremely difficult time in my life the Lord gave me this revelation and he said this you are not God okay Lord. I just straighten up your you're like well don't you know that but how often do you and I walk in this mentality, children of God. I'm not talking to those that are not covenanted. I'm talking to the children of God in covenant with the Lord. You think you've got to know everything? You got to think you've, you think you've got to be, be everywhere all the time? And you got to think that you've got to be all-powerful, that, that you can take on any superhero and you can slay them by your faith. Come on. Any leaders in the house ever felt like uh, that you just you you should have had the answer? Maybe you had the answer, but you didn't uh, apply the answer. Come on, you feel like you've got to be all knowing. I found a great liberty when people come to me asking me questions just to say, I don't know. I don't know. But what I have, what I will tell you, we'll pray about it, and if there's an answer, God will give it. That's so much better than thinking you've got to know everything all the time. How exhausting is that? Thinking that you've got to be omnipresent. 
What did the Lord mean when he told me that? Because that's exactly what he told me. He said, you're not God. You're not omniscient, you're not omnipresent, and you're not omnipotent. See, because I was judging myself because of my past. I was trying to go there. I was judging myself at my present situation. And I was already condemning my future. But you're playing God... Listen to me, you're playing God when you think you got to know everything, that you got to be everywhere, and that you're powerful enough to do everything. You got a God ego, and you don't even know it. It snuck up on you like, let me. I don't know, I was thinking of things that I shouldn't think about. Some vulgar smells that maybe sneak up on you. I don't know. hear me you can't be everywhere all the time God knew what the, the decision you would make before you made it he knew what was going to happen before it happened in fact he knew the time frame and the and the demographic and the uh, the family that he wanted you born into I'm not telling you everything that happened to you along the way was the will of God but he knew it was going to happen and he's going to work it through his will but what he needs from you and I is to take our crown off, take our authority, and now surrender it. When we surrender and change the conversation and we feel those emotions rising up in us, whether it be fear, whether it be regret or grief or sorrow, we take those, we take those emotions now and we, we don't try to run from them. We just, with our knees bent, we pull it off and we say, God, I've taken my authority now and Lord, I'm going to lay this down here and I'm not going to condemn myself uh, over the emotions that I feel and feel like uh, man if I was just a, a, an, an iron man I wouldn't have to feel if I was Superman I wouldn't have to endure these wretched emotions but what if we look and see maybe those emotions are not altogether evil maybe those emotions are God's grace because if we could sin without pain or suffering, I venture to guess we would sin a whole lot more. Come on now. There's a famous atheist that died. He said, there's two things that on my deathbed that I struggle with, and that is stars that are in heaven above and this morality that is within. Where did that morality come from? It came from God. Why do we feel regret and failure? Why do we feel the things that the loss of loved ones when they pass? Why do we feel those things? It's our connection and relationship with the Lord and these emotions that God has given us is His grace to bring us back to Him. And when we bring Him back to Him, let me ask this anybody in this room ever not been afraid ever in your life raise your hand raise your both hands stand up and run across the pew come on run up to the balcony and jump off head first come on no takers if you see somebody doing that catch them because they're not right <laughs> you know what I'm saying because if you have those kind of emotions, if you're not, if you're not affected by emotions, then, then, then there's something mentally off with you. 
it's an unhealthy thing. But what happens with those emotions? We, we, we bring them. And we surrender our authority. Hear me. We surrender our authority of those emotions to the Lord. We stop hiding. We stop pretending. We stop trying to fool everybody around us that we're so much in control because we feel we have to be. What we do is we change the conversation from a how am I going to be able to outrun? How am I going to, who can I find to blame? And how, Lord, can I, can I hide from this thing? To Lord, why don't we just look at it, see it for what it is? And Lord, how you want to change this? Lord, how do you want to take me out of fear? Well, he said, son, I, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to take you out of fear. I've not given you this spirit, so it's not of me. I've not given you the spirit of, of fear, but I have given you the spirit of love. And somebody say the verse for me, come on. I've not given you a, do you know how you just get tripped up and you start in the middle of something, you don't, you need to go back to the start of it? I have not given you a spirit of fear, intimidation, but of love, power, love, power, and a sound mind. You just can't seem to find mine right now. <laughs> See, this is an illustrated message. This is what it looks like when you're totally out of control. <laughs> Sound mind means a dis disciplined mind. A disciplined mind. That you have the ability to discipline your mind. Which tells me I have the ability to discipline my emotions. And when I see them as the grace of God and not my enemy, because if it wasn't for the regret and the sorrow that I had for the things that I had done, I would not come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When I began to understand how bad my bad news was, then I began to understand how good the good news is. And now, it's the grace of God that brings us into subjection to the Lord. And yes, that crown represents honor. Yes, that crown represents reward. But all, oh, brother and sister in Christ, that crown represents our authority. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to surrender that authority to the Lord. And if we bring every thought into subjection, and every time that there is some evil come our way, we don't take that as an attack from God or His method of communicating with us. But instead, we say, oh yeah, let me see this thing for what it is. It's the enemy trying to distract me. It's trying to keep me from where I need to be and what I need to be doing. Flesh and blood, but against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness, in high places. But hear me. We see the elders, and I just want to spin off that to say that, folks. It's time to dethrone self.
and enthrone Christ. It's time us living in that belief system. See, we could call it a nature issue, but it's not a nature issue. It's a belief system. We're born into this world with a belief system that we are God's. All-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. That we can handle it all. And we could, to a degree, if it wasn't all these stinky, nasty, rotten emotions. Which are God's grace to lead us back to Him. I want you, when the enemy comes your way, and he's, he's got something in your past, trying to distract your day or your future, something happens he comes your way you're like I just need you to stand right there I got the authority to stand there and be quiet I'm gonna reach into my tool bag oh I got a rock let me tell you what I'm gonna do with that I'm gonna take your head off with it you better get to running oh wait 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 you don't like that it didn't intimidate you I got something else let me show you what I'm gonna do you're not gonna understand it but you're gonna see it and you're gonna feel it and that is this I'm gonna take this crown I'm gonna lay it surrender at the feet of Jesus and wait a minute now he's running you out come on now we got this thing all muddled up we need to get to the place where we understand God has already done all that he's gonna do all we need to do is now walk in what he's already done. Live according to the power and the purpose and the desire that he has for our life. I don't know about you, but I have wasted too many hours worrying about things I shouldn't be worrying about. Fretting over things I shouldn't be fretting about. Living in a place that God has never intended. And every time that I have ever questioned the love of God, he has turned my head around and said, Lord, he said, son, look up. See that cross. Now tell me that I don't love you. Tell me that I don't love you. I gave everything for you. All that I have is yours. And you are mine. All I need you to do is surrender those thoughts, those emotions, and worry only about pleasing me. And the Holy Spirit just checked me and said, no, don't tell them to worry. <laughs> not, good, not good theology. Just point your face toward God. We're closing. What if everything that you have gone through could be turned for your good? What if everything that you have gone through, child of God, would turn to your good because of your love for the Lord and His calling upon your life. Guess what? It has. 
but you can't enjoy it if you don't if your eyes are not open to realize it if your thoughts are consumed with the bombardment the self-bashing this regret that that failure talk is not the Lord's talk that's not the conversation he's having the people that have hurt you and the things that have happened to you and those that are close to you and that keeps coming back at you and back at you that is not the conversation the Lord wants to have with you. the I can'ts are really the I won'ts surrendering my authority, my emotions, and my thoughts to you. When I surrender to him, I take up his word, and now I converse with him. Stand, if you will. Father, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Father, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Father, there are promises in this house there are promises in this house that you, the promise keeper, so desire to flood into. Twelve spies that spied out, but only two would hold to the promise. Lord, we are not willing. We are not willing to forfeit the promises because of self-sabotaging, self-talk. Lord, we're not willing, Lord, to allow emotions to dictate and to rule our lives any longer. Lord, we're not going to run from fear. We're not going to hide from fear. Lord, we're not going to blame others for the fear that we have. Lord, we're going to bring fear into the light of your word. And Lord, we're going to believe tonight that, Father, that you're moving, Lord, Lord, in and through us. Father, we believe that the anointing of the Spirit of God breaks every yoke. And Lord, we believe that all things, I'm going to ask you to do something tonight. If you've got one of those all things moments in your life right now, you've got one of those all things that you're looking at that situation and in your, in your mind's eye you're thinking there's no possible way this could work for my good. You're the one the Lord's talking to. I want you to step out. Nobody's going to ask you what it is. It's between you and God. You don't have to share it. But you know there's an all things. There's an all things. You've got a situation where you have no idea how this is going to work out for good. You have no clue. It looks like it's over and there's no way through it. I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come and just lift your hands and surrender to God. Come on. Come on. There's more. There's more. There's more people here tonight. Come on, come on, come on. This is right now. Just God, I'm on, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it up. I, I'm going to speak the word over it. I'm going to believe the word over it. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. I don't know what good. I don't even know what good's coming of it. I'm just going to believe the good will come. 
but I'm just going to surrender that impossibility to you and Lord you can do what you want with it but I, and you can change it however you want to change it Lord tonight come on folks come on come on there's going to be some people lay hands upon you and pray tonight hallelujah to the Lamb of God hallelujah to the King hallelujah to the Lord able and mighty able and mighty Dennis can you come help me tonight anyone else want to come down and help us pray tonight Clint come help me tonight Chris come help me tonight follow behind me Father in the name of Jesus Father in the name of 